Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job or a new full-time role, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com. That's ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios. Appreciate all of you coming to spend your Wednesday morning with us. And we've got another retirement controversy. Already since Saturday night when the Andrew Luck is retiring story broke and became the biggest bombshell in modern NFL history, I think, and in modern sports history almost, when you consider that Andrew Luck was at the absolute apex of his abilities, unlike Rob Gronkowski, Calvin Johnson, and Barry Sanders, who had already began some descent in their overall career. Andrew Luck had the best year of his life as a football player last year. And so his decision to retire at 29 came at it as absolute apex, and we'll see whether or not he ever contemplates coming back, indeed whether he ever steps into the national stage again and addresses the media, the fans, and everyone else like he did on Saturday night when he retired. That remains to be seen. What doesn't remain to be seen is Rob Gronkowski, who also retired fresh off a Super Bowl title at the age of 29, And many of you, myself included, said there's no way that this retirement is going to stick. And it didn't take very long for Rob Gronkowski to make me at least believe he's going to come back. When exactly he will decide to come back remains unclear. But based on these comments that he made yesterday, 
you tell me whether you buy into the fact that he is retired from football forever. Here is Gronk talking about the way he felt as part of an advertisement for a cannabis company and uh, or cannabis oil company, I think, maybe to be more accurate than just a cannabis company. And, uh, and you tell me whether you agree that basically he's opening the door to come back maybe even before this season is over. I love all my fans. I love Patriot fans. And wherever I go, Patriot fans always ask, am I coming back when I'm coming back? Where am I coming back? I'm walking across the street and they're like, you're walking because you're coming back. (laughs) It's crazy. I understand. I I feel that love. But I want to be clear to my fans. I needed to recover. I was not in a good place. Football was bringing me down. And I didn't like it. And... I was losing that joy in life, like the joy. I'm sorry right now, but oh, dang, let me, oh. I really was, and I was fighting through it. Yes, I'm on the right path to where I am now, and I got a lot farther to go, and I feel great, and I am pain-free. But I truly believe I can get to another level with my body, and I'm just in the stage, first stage right now. And when that time comes down in the future, if I have the desire to play football again, if I feel passionate about football again, if I'm feeling like I need to be out there on the field, I will go back to football. But as of right now, that is not the case. It could be the case in six months. It could be the case in two years. It could be the case in three years. It could be the case in three months. But I truly don't see it in the foreseeable future in like a week or a month. I could play right now if I wanted to play, hands down. Physically wise, I can do it. Mentally wise, desire wise, it's not there. My, my mind, my soul keeps telling me you need more time off. And when I feel like my body's top notch, my soul, my mind, mentally and physically, I'm ready, then I would go back to the NFL if, if I ever get to that point. He's going to get to that point. When he said, right now I don't feel like it, and by basically right now I mean next week or a month from now, dude, he's going to be back by Thanksgiving. He's going to be playing football again by Christmas. The Gronk spike is going to be back. I would be stunned beyond belief based on those comments if Rob Gronkowski is not back. And I feel like his Patriot teammates have kind of known this all along, that Gronk is almost like a boxer who says I'm retiring, needs to get his mind right, disappears, and then decides to come back. Now, the opening part of those comments that we played for you are pretty intriguing because you don't expect for Rob Gronkowski to be the kind of guy who breaks down talking about how his mind wasn't in the right place and football was stripping away his joy in life. And I think that certainly is a part of the way Andrew Luck sounded as well, that the stress involved in playing high-level football on your mind and your body can be very, very substantial. And I think that many of us underrate that aspect of the game, the physical in conjunction with the mental and the degree to which football requires a total physical and mental commitment. And a lot of times we focus on the physical oh, is this guy okay from a pure physical perspective and assume that the mental is always going to be in tandem with the physical and there's nothing to worry about there. But I I think everybody out there can acknowledge that 
there have probably been points in your life, regardless of what you do for a living, when mentally you weren't as dialed in at your job as you could have been or should have been because of things that were going on in your private life, because of things that were going on in your family, uh, because of a variety of different distractions that can combine and coalesce to lead you not ready to perform at your highest level. And it's more noticeable when a guy like Gronk goes through those things because he's on a public stage. Now, if Gronk is saying he wasn't ready and he stripped the joy away and all of those aspects of his life, you certainly couldn't see it in the way he played in the Super Bowl because the Patriots don't win the Super Bowl and probably don't advance to the Super Bowl without Rob Gronkowski, old battle horse of Tom Brady. And I say old battle horse because he's only 29, but he made big-time plays in overtime against the Chiefs and then late in the game against the Rams that essentially, I think, won the Patriots that Super Bowl. If Rob Gronkowski had not been playing last year, I don't think the Patriots would have maybe gone to the Super Bowl. I definitely don't think they would have won the Super Bowl. So if you are a Patriots fan or you are a gambler or you are a fantasy football player, might be time to go make some claims on Rob Gronkowski and the waiver wire because I definitely think he's going to be back if not this year, which, by the way, I think he will be based on the comments he made that we just played for you, then I think certainly by next year. Let me bring in the crew as we get closer. Next week is the official start of the NFL season. Obviously, on Thursday, we have uh, the final preseason games for just about every team, I think. Uh, tomorrow of the NFL preseason is finally over. Most teams will not be playing their starters so pretty much every roster is set now. Uh, but do you believe, Danny G, having heard those comments from Rob Gronkowski, do you agree with me that it's likely that he is going to be back, if not this year, then certainly by next year? Yeah, I can totally see him coming back for the Patriots, especially if they use him in more of a Travis Kelsey type way where they can just spread him out as a big receiver and they don't need his physicality as much as far as getting in the trenches and doing all the blocking that he's known for, if they tell him, look, we're just going to use you as more of a pure pass catcher, I think he'd be interested in coming back. Well, remember how much of a, of a just a road grader he was for Sony Michelle as Sony Michelle sort of rose up in the overall impact of the Patriot offense. And by the way, I think Sony Michelle is going to be used quite a bit more than he has uh, in the past, certainly he was last year. And they're going to evolve a little bit in the Patriot offense, which is kind of a testament to what Bill Belichick has always done. I think one of the most fascinating things about Belichick has been his ability to build an amoeba-like football team, which can be recreated and rebuilt almost transformer style every single week in order to be able to win a game. Uh, Belichick doesn't have a set core philosophy. It's that we got to be able to win every dis different way possible and every week is a brand new game plan designed to win that against that particular opponent. And so one week, Gronk can be primarily a, a, a blocker for Sony Michelle. Another week, he can be the primary part and focus of the Patriot offensive system. And that goes to the genius of Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels to a large extent in terms of their ability to plan and get prepared for the next uh, week's opponent. What about you, Dub? When you hear those comments from Gronkowski, is there any doubt to you that he's going to come back? I mean, I think it's a certainty 
after hearing that, I mean, he basically said he was going to come back, if not, you know, not this week, not next week, not in a month, but that's his foreseeable future. I'm looking at the Patriots' schedule right now. They got a week 10 bye. Yep. That's in that's, about that's two, the time. That, that's November 10th is their bye. And then after that, they have their hardest stretch of games at Philly, against Dallas, at Houston, at Kansas City. I mean, that seems like the perfect time for Gronk to make his return to the Patriots. Yeah, I agree. That bye week is the perfect. Uh, if I were setting odds right now I think you just hit it that's where I would put it right at November 10th you said is their bye week that's correct and then he could come back play six weeks if they got into the postseason given the fact that the Patriots usually have a bye week then he would have three games to win a Super Bowl title he'd play half a year and he would have 10 months off from playing football nine nine months off from playing football and return just in time for the stretch run for the Patriots I think that makes complete and total sense what about you, uh, Eddie Garcia? You in also on the idea, well, so much for Gronk's retirement? Well, the comments certainly are intriguing, but I, I'm i not sure because I'm not sure the Patriots are going to take him back. I mean, they're a team... You're insane. No, listen, they're, they're think, a team think, that hits eject on players the, a year before they're done, not a year after they're done, and he's not going to play for any other team than the Patriots. I'm not convinced New England wants him back. That's an interesting angle. I think that it's probably likely that he told Brady and Belichick and Kraft and the brain trust of the New England Patriots, guys, I'm just not ready right now. I need some time away. I think I'll be able to come back before the season is out. You're right that the Patriot way is do your job, and certainly a big part of doing your job is showing up and working through uh, the process. But what the Patriots have also shown, at least it seems to me, is that they can be flexible in working with people who have great talent and if they're just honest with them. So it is an interesting point that you think he's done because of the way he finished off the season and kind of went out certainly on a top uh, high note with the performance in overtime against the the, uh, Chiefs and then the performance in the Super Bowl, which really kind of won the Patriots the title. But I think that there's so much talent there and frankly, the Patriots are don't have an ease of replacing Rob Gronkowski, even as good as Tom Brady is. We've talked about this before. Of all the people that Tom Brady has thrown to in his now nearly 20-year career in the NFL, how many of those guys are going to be Hall of Famers? There's some talk now about Julian Edelman. Certainly, Randy Moss is a Hall of Famer, but it's not like Brady got Moss for his entire career. He got him for only a couple of years. I think you could make a pretty strong argument that the only receivers or tight ends that have caught passes from Tom Brady that will be in the Hall of Fame are Randy Moss, and again, that was for a small segment of Tom Brady's career, and Rob Gronkowski. So it's not as if he's had, and again, Julian Edelman a little bit there in kind of that gray area where it depends on how many more good years he has as to whether or not he could ever rise up to that level. That discussion was major after the Super Bowl and the way that Edelman played and the fact that he was Super Bowl MVP, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So, But right now, there are two guys who would be Hall of Famers who have ever caught passes from Tom Brady. Randy Moss, who did it for only a couple of years, and Gronkowski, who is somebody that the Patriots found and brought in and developed. That's pretty extraordinary to think about when you contemplate how good Tom Brady has been that really only one player that the Patriots brought in that they kept has been a Hall of Fame caliber player alongside of Tom Brady on the offensive side of the ball. Anybody disagree? Is there anybody else I'm missing 
that you think, hey, this guy's going to be a Hall of Famer and he caught passes from Tom Brady? Because I think it's just Randy Moss and just Rob Gronkowski right now. Roberto, what do you think here? Do you think Gronk is going to come back? I agree with Daddy there. I He might want to come back, but I don't I don't think uh, Belichick will let him come back. I don't think Belichick is the type of coach that lets, yeah, okay, yeah, take some time off and then come back when you're ready to go. Like, All right, there would, Belichick. It is interesting to think about that. There would be a Boston Tea Party Part 2 in all of New England. They would riot if Rob Gronkowski came out and said, I'm ready to come back and Bill Belichick won't allow me to come back and play for the Patriots. I don't think so. I think they pick Belichick over Gronk. Oh, I think that Belichick Gronk they is, trust. I think Gronk is so popular that it would break the uh, it would break the Patriot trust in Belichick to not let him come back. Now, would people rather have Brady than I mean Belichick than 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 Gronk? Certainly. And in fact, I was blown away. You guys may remember we did a poll on this back when the Brady Belichick story blew up. I think it was Seth Wickersham. At ESPN, wrote about the, the 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 discord in the Patriot locker room, and that was around the time it was exploring how Jimmy Garoppolo got traded, and everybody was kind of having to pick a side: are you on the Brady side or the Belichick side? It surrounded the uh, Brady's trainer and his involvement with the Patriots and power struggle and all these different aspects. And I remember I put up a poll and I said, "Hey, you know, Patriot fans, who would you rather have?" And eighty percent of them said Belichick. Even as beloved as Tom Brady is, uh, there is a, a recognition that, at least in the mind of Patriot fans, Belichick is really the driving force. If you had to choose between the two to pick who was the greatest, that Belichick would get that vote over Brady, which I think is a great debate in the world of sports. And certainly they're intertwined together forever. But that is, uh, that, that is one that I think people will be debating for a long time because you happen to have the greatest coach paired with maybe the greatest quarterback, but which of them in the grand scheme of things is truly the most worthy of praise? Would Brady have been anywhere near Tom Brady without Belichick? Would Belichick have been anywhere near what he has been as a coach without Tom Brady? Who would have done better without the other? That's a debate that really is never going to have an end, but I think it's one that probably gets made for years and years uh, still to come. Ugly audio from DeMarcus Cousins threatening his uh, the mother of one of his children. What does it sound like? We'll play it for you. What should the Lakers do? What should the NBA do? This is OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, Tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly 
O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and who doesn't want better sex? But if you have ED, you may be struggling and dragging your feet on solving the problem. Don't put off having a better sex life any longer. Check out Hymns Sex Shoes and bring a new level of excitement and confidence to your sex life. The process is simple and 100% online, no uncomfortable doctor's visits. No insurance is needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Hymns has hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers, so if ED is getting you down it's time to change that start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash two pros that's h-i-m-s.com slash two pros for your personalized ed treatment options hymns.com slash two pros prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply see website for details and important safety information subscription required price varies based on product and subscription plan sex are compounded products and have not been approved by the FDA. The FDA does not verify the safety or effectiveness of compounded drugs. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Goodyear tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their goodyear test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. So we have another audio kind of scandal. And let me say this as we prepare to play this audio uh, featuring DeMarcus Cousins in in an argument with the mother of his seven-year-old. DeMarcus Cousins just got married, and he wanted to bring his seven-year-old son to the wedding. And for whatever reason... His uh, his former, uh, I guess his current, the baby mother, the baby mama of the seven-year-old would not allow that to happen. Now, we don't have all of the audio surrounding the context of this. This is from TMZ Sports. 
uh, just like we played the Tyreek Hill audio for you, if there becomes more context surrounding this statement, then we will certainly play it. Uh, But this is a recording that this woman made while she was at a bounce house, like a, if you ha- if you're if you have young kids, you probably know what I'm talking about. But a, a bounce house is like an in- indoor trampoline center, and so that's what you'll hear in the background as she's talking to him. And it's a relatively short tape, so let's go ahead and play this tape, and then we will talk about uh, what is likely to come from this. Go shoot the ball. All right. No, he's not coming. I'm going to make sure I put a bullet in your effing head was what DeMarcus Cousins said there, if allegedly, if you are not able to hear it. Now, the Lakers have said they are aware of this tape and they are investigating. DeMarcus Cousins has not issued any comment at all. Uh, He's declined comment on this, which would make you think that this is likely to be accurate because if somebody said, hey, did you threaten to shoot your your, your baby mama in the head, most people I would think would say, no, 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 that's not me. So uh, this is an ugly incident for the NBA. And I I mean, I kind of feel like in some ways this story is under the radar. Because if this were an NFL player threatening to put a, like compare how much attention, let's say, the Adrian Peterson child abuse case got compared to this, I I feel like this, by and large, is not getting anywhere near the same level of attention. Maybe I'm wrong, uh, but to me, the solution here is pretty clear if you're the Lakers. You just cut him. I mean, if I were the Lakers right now, DeMarcus Cousins is already injured and out for the season. If I'm not mistaken, they only signed him to a one-year deal. This lets the NBA off the hook pretty easily without having to do their own investigation because if the Lakers cut DeMarcus Cousins, even if they pay him the $3 million or whatever they signed him for this year, if they cut him, then the NBA doesn't have to step in here and issue any kind of formal suspension Again, because DeMarcus Cousins is already injured and presumed to be out for the entirety of the year, this wouldn't be uh, this would be an easy solution to me. Danny G, what do you think the Lakers and or the NBA should do about this audio? Man, this is tough. Uh, it's definitely not a good look for DeMarcus Cousins. I'm glad you said that when we have more context, we'll play it because I think that's what people are waiting on is to hear or maybe find out about the whole story with her. Not that if she said this or said that, that that it's okay for him to say what he said. This is a crime. What he said in most states, states, like he could be prosecuted in in the state of Alabama for, I mean, this is a a threat of murder, right? I mean, when you say, it's not like he said, I'll kill you, which would still be really scary, right, and inappropriate. But to say specifically and almost as cold-blooded as he did, I'll put a bullet in your brain, uh, that, is, uh, <laughs> that, I, that, is, that is insanely uh, detailed. So she uh, has made a report with the police in, yeah. uh, in Alabama, and they are uh, conducting an investigation. She also said, according to TMZ, that he had choked her before. 
it, which obviously is an ugly and, and, and messy situation. So my solution here, again, if I'm the Lakers, I want nothing to do with this. I just go ahead and cut bait and move on. You signed him to a one-year deal. He's not going to play. You've already brought in Dwight Howard to replace him. And why would you stand by him when uh, when he's already going to be gone after this year, probably? So I just I don't see any any point at all to the Lakers standing by him. I also think it makes it easier on the NBA, which otherwise has to conduct an investigation and levy some form of punishment. You would think uh, associated with uh, with this audio. And again, we had the Tyree Hill audio when he didn't end up getting suspended by the uh, by the league uh, or by the the Chiefs, although they put him on uh, you know the the whatever it is commissioner's exempt list or whatever it was called. He didn't miss any games. He didn't really miss any significant practices. So there certainly is that story out there where the context yeah. kind of changed. But I think what you think his threat is worse. I will yeah. say this. I mean, we've all said things in the heat of the moment that we didn't mean or we want to take back. And I hate when kids are used as pawns. It brings out the worst in people for sure when there's child custody issues or visitation issues. I mean, I went through it as a little kid myself, and I know how chaotic it can be. Yeah. So that's the one thing where I would say, let's pump our brakes just a little bit. I would like the full context of all of this. I will also say this, though, and I'm not an expert on child custody, I have done a little bit of work on this in the law back in the day. Why wouldn't he just schedule the wedding for a weekend when he had custody of his son? Like instead of sometimes, this is always a huge fight, right? If you know people who are divorced and they really don't get along, if you try and get a kid when it is not your quote unquote time to have that kid, oftentimes this is when petty power struggles between parents who are still angry reveal themselves at the highest level and the greatest degree of magnitude. So my question is, why not schedule your wedding for a time when you know you have custody of your child? I have no idea how much time DeMarcus Cousins gets with the kid, but theoretically he would get some time with him, I would think. And so, uh, again, we don't know what the basis is for why she would refuse, but you would think you could set your wedding for a time when you're going to actually have your kid. Uh, what would you do, Dub? If you're, Are you with me that if you're the Lakers, you just cut bait? There's nothing to gain here at this point. I always say, so long as your talent exceeds your problems, you'll always be employed. I think DeMarcus Cousins at this point in time, his problems exceed his talents. I don't know what the Lakers gain at all by maintaining him under contract while this uh, investigation and controversy arises. I mean, it'd certainly be the easiest thing to do. I mean, the chances are he's not even going to play this year anyways with his latest serious injury. I mean, you got to feel bad for him in that regard. But yeah, you made you brought up a great point about planning your wedding around when you'd actually have child your child's custody. If I didn't even know, think about that. If you know that you don't get along with the mother of your child and you guys are fighting all the time, the easiest way to solve this is to set your wedding date, which you pick, and which you can have theoretically in a pretty broad swath of the off season because NBA players get off a good amount of the summer and you're rich. So in theory, it's not like you can't afford to rent out a variety of different places. Why not just pick it again for a date when you know that you're going to have your kid and avoid any sort of conflict with your 
with your kid's mom over whether or not he can come to the to the wedding. It's also wild how quickly Cousins' tone changes. He said, can I have my son come to the wedding, please? He did say, please. And she says, no. And the next line is, I'm going to put a bullet in your head then. Pretty big swing there. Hey, can I get uh, another helping of the meatloaf, please? No. I'm going to put a bullet in your head. I mean, that's a big swing. And honestly, it's kind of scary that somebody psychologically could go with that big of a swing with that little of time between those statements. What would you do, uh, Eddie Garcia? Well, if you're the Lakers, I don't I don't know why you would want to hold on to him uh, at this point. He's not going to play for you, and now he's you know bringing your team into a bad light, even though he's never played a game for your team. So uh, as far as, I mean, one of the things I, I thought I heard, and maybe you can confirm this or not, was he also said something about, you know, he he could do it and not get his hands dirty. In other words, like hire people to yeah, that's, take care that's, of her that's as well. Yeah, that's in the teams. I, I saw that headline, but I didn't hear the audio on that. So I don't know if there's multiple cuts and we haven't heard it. But I think no, TM, I think that was one of her claims. One okay. of her claims, yeah. okay. Well, I mean, obviously you have to take it seriously. But as we saw with Tyreek Hill and as Danny mentioned, you know, hopefully we'll maybe have more context as to what this was all about. Do you guys agree with me that this is – I mean – Imagine that, I mean, DeMarcus Cousins is a pretty famous NBA player. Let's start there. I mean, yes, he has been injured lately, but he is a name that a huge percentage of NBA fans would know. He's one of the 40 or 50 biggest NBA players in terms of name recognition. There's no way, that that's accurate, right? Nobody would dispute that he's one of the 40 or 50 biggest names in the NBA. And as a result, you start thinking about, okay, if this guy were one of the 40 or 50 biggest names in the NFL, I feel like this would be so much of a bigger story, especially right now while everybody's talking about the Donald Sterling audio and it's such a huge story in the NBA. This is this is a pretty damn big story to me. Now, it's not as big of a story as it would be if DeMarcus Cousins had never gotten hurt. Right? Yeah, I, I, agree, mean, it, I agree with that. If he was healthy, it would be a way bigger story, I think. But it's still it's wild to me that this is not a bigger story with the audio and with the uh, and with the whole element of um, you know the domestic violence connection and just how violent this threat is. And there are some people out there like last night when I tweeted out a link to this uh, this audio, somebody hopped in and said, "Don't be a snowf- snowflake liberal, Clay. A man loving his kids." Yeah, it was strong language, but you of all people know how this stuff works. She wouldn't let his kid go, knew he'd get mad, and then recorded him to get attention. Yeah, it's a little bit more than strong language when you threaten to murder someone. That's a crime. You can be prosecuted for it, and he may well be prosecuted for it. That's a big difference between that and getting angry. I think the audio of this is worse than the audio of Tyreek Hill. Now, again, I said we'll play if there's more audio and it provides more context, then certainly we'll play that. But this, to me, is a crime standing alone. So I don't know what more you could say or she could say. I mean, she could certainly have behaved in a criminal fashion in some way as well. But I don't know, lacking that, what's going to change DeMarcus Cousins having behaved in a way that is likely a crime in Alabama, whether or not he'll be prosecuted for it. And again, the audio doesn't seem like it's doctored. 
because if it were, you wouldn't have it at a bounce house with kids yelling in the background and everything else. And I don't know what she was doing. It appears maybe she was recording with him on speakerphone from another phone. I, I, I'm guessing that's maybe how this happened. Uh, but we'll take calls. I want to open up the phone lines. What would you do about DeMarcus Cousins if you were Jeannie Buss and you own the Lakers? Because she has the ability to take this out of the NBA's hands if she just says, you know what, we're cutting him off the team. She can still pay him out the money she owes him. But I doubt that any other NBA team would pick up Cousins for the next year. And then the question, frankly, would be whether his career is going to continue or whether it's over, given all the injuries that he's had come uh, all together in such a short fashion. 877-996-6369. You can weigh in. What would you do about that if you were the owner of the Lakers? we got several people who want to weigh in, I believe, on DeMarcus Cousins. Dub, let's start going. Roll through. All right, we got Tom in L.A. Tom, what would you do? The same thing the Lakers are going to do, cut them loose without a question. Yeah. I, I think that – thanks for the call. I think that's a no-brainer. I mean, I, I think the guy's not playing. His problems exceed his talents. I think this is an easy call for Jeannie Buss. I think uh, then the question will be, is DeMarcus Cousins' career over in the NBA? Because maybe somebody else will give him – he's already signing low-dollar contracts because no one trusts that his health is going to remain good enough to be able to play at a high level. And I, I think that's probably the, the question that will be out there in the offseason next year as he tries to come back from this injury. Maybe somebody gives him a small dollar contract, even smaller than he's getting right now. And I think his career is close to, uh, to over, and certainly this tape, which, again, we don't know the full context of, but when you threaten to put a bullet in someone's head on audio it's hard to say hey you know what you know it's just kind of a disagreement who's up next we got marco in san antonio marco what would you do well as as a ownership group of the lakers i gotta look at this season first of all and understand that there's legitimate excitement around the season we just landed anthony davis Right, and, and I'm not even a Lakers fan, but there's a buzz about the organization around There's a buzz from L.A. So I'd have to cut ties with DeMar- DeMarcus Cousins. And as DeMarcus Cousins, I'd have to remember that I'm DeMarcus Cousins. And, and I'm a big name in the NBA. One time was an elite center of the NBA. I have to understand that I can't just say these kinds of things and be okay with it and expect others to be okay with it. So, and I get that he's your son, and, and so you, you want to have him there for such a huge occasion, but you're DeMarcus Cousins. You're DeMarcus Cousins. Like somebody said earlier, you've, you've got the money to, to schedule this thing around that, that, uh, your availability or his availability. Just do what you got to do, make the changes, and don't run your mouth off like that. It's simple. Yeah. I think you have to assume in this day and age almost that you're always, that somebody's always watching or always recording you and that the difference between your private and your public life cannot be very substantial at all. And if there is a difference, people will expose it, and that will be, uh, that will be unfortunate. Who else, Dub? All right, last one here. We got Lang in Tennessee. Lang, what would you do? Hey, Clay. Uh, listen, first of all, I don't want to make an excuse to this man, but I want to know if any of you guys, and I don't believe you have, just by listening to you for as long as I have, uh, if any of you guys have been divorced at this point. I, I don't I, – has anybody been divorced on the show? Yeah, I have. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Danny okay, G so, had like a Hollywood marriage for – but you didn't have any kids. No kids, no. Yeah. 
a lot of folks want to chime in and say, oh, they do this and they do that. And I'm telling you, even being a kid of divorce, it's, it's totally different because I went through it. So I had kids at five and eight. It's totally, and I said a lot of stuff. It was terrible. And of course, you know, we've apologized and we've made amends and all that stuff. But I'm telling you, it's totally different. Um, when you go through a divorce and you have kids involved and unfortunately those kids are caught in the middle and they're used against you and it really sucks. And you say some horrible, horrible things that you regret later in life. And we all go through it. I'm not excusing what he said. He said really bad stuff, but I'm telling you, it's, it's really bad. And it's hard on a man and a woman when you go through these things, especially when there's kids involved. Thanks for the call. Here's the problem. He didn't say, I'll kill you. I'm going to kill you, which you could be like, okay, that's hyperbole. Still not in any way defensible, but you could be like, that's hyperbole. That's kind of a cliche. What are you going to do when your kid didn't do his homework? I'm going to kill him, right? Like that's a very common parental thing. What are you going to do when your kid misses curfew? I'm going to kill that kid. Like it's not a literal threat. If you say, I'm going to put a bullet in his head, in your head, that's to me there's a difference between I'm going to kill you, which can be hyperbole, and we all understand, and probably at some point in time when you've been frustrated, you have said that me with no intention whatsoever of actually even being violent. And I'm going to put a bullet in his head. I Again, there's a big jump between I'm going to kill him, and again, not appropriate, but like you can at least in your own life probably think of a way that you've used that language in exaggeration with people that you love even. And I'm going to put a bullet in somebody's head. And also there's the report that he's choked her before, according to her. Alabama police are investigating this. I think this is an ugly look for the NBA. I think the Lakers have to cut bait with DeMarcus Cousins. His problems now exceed his talents. There's absolutely nothing they gain by keeping him on the roster. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, O-O-O O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the 
trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their toyo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. We bring in now Jeff Schwartz. Jeff, do you think Carly Lloyd will become an NFL kicker? Uh, do I think she will? No. Do I think someone will give her a tryout? Possibly. Look, the, impre- the impressive part of what she did wasn't really the, it, the... The fact is that soccer players have a tough time kicking a regular football, you know, NFL football. And... The impressive part was that she didn't have that problem. Now, part of kicking is also being able to tackle and protect yourself if that comes to it, right? Because kickoffs and you have to maybe tackle, so that's where an issue would be. But I, and look, I mean, I have no problem with the team just giving her a tryout. Do you think there's any chance? I, my, oh, we just had a huge discussion. I think this is totally a made-up story. I think there's a zero percent chance she ever plays in the NFL. She's well, I mean, be- I think that too. I think there's a zero percent chance, but I mean, look, I mean. Yeah, I have People no problem with get, anybody getting a, <laughs> anybody getting a uh, tryout, but this to me is like this. What was the girl's name? Tony Harris, who got like the yeah. television commercial during the Super Bowl, and people are like, "Oh, this." And then you look it up, and like it's a totally manufactured, yeah. made-up story. Um, no, I think this is a manufactured story. But again, I think it's because that it was you know, So soccer players, I mean, look, if it was that easy to kick a football, then every team would have a soccer player as a kicker. But I don't think it is. That's why. It's so impressive to see uh, to see you know a player like her just step on the field and kick a fifty-five yard field goal without really any practice or warm up. Now again, would she make a roster when there's a lot of other factors involved? No, but I mean, I would. I mean, I don't care if she gets a tryout. Right. But I, I think again, it's not. Would, would she make a roster? Probably not because again, I know I know it sounds silly because we see kickers all the time that can't protect themselves very well when they you know, attempt to make a tackle, but. Uh, I mean, that is part of this a little bit, right? I mean, you're on kickoff, you have a returner running at you, you have to, like, attempt to make a play. I mean, we saw the, the Utah punter 
uh, who's now in the 49ers, uh, come down the field you know, two weekends ago, just crushed someone on a punt. So, I mean, there, there are some things that you have to be able to do as a kicker. Can she do that? Probably not, but I'm fine with her getting a tryout. There's no harm in that. All right, so a um, couple of other things. Uh, we're talking to Jeff Schwartz. Let's dive right in. Andrew Luck, how stunned were you by the Andrew Luck decision? I, I was completely floored uh, because obviously it came out of nowhere. Um, and, you know, but when, 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 you, when you think about what he's gone through, and I'm glad he spoke, obviously, um, is we, we as athletes – uh, you as you know, you you had your your six weeks with us training all the yeah. time in 2008. You know what it's like now. Um, you know, there's a lot of pain that we deal with that's really not talked about. And I know Gronk. I'm glad he spoke about it yesterday. There's players who have shared their stories. I've shared my story, whether on my Periscope or whether it was on um, you know when I wrote for SB Nation. But I think that you know the emotional toll of rehab year after year just wears on guys. And the idea for Andrew Luck of hey. I might have to be out eight weeks on, on, on a short-term IR, or I might miss another season. I might, you know, tear Achilles. I might injure my ankle even worse. He was not doing that again. And I, I think that it's forgotten a little bit that our families are part of this decision. So he mentioned his wife a couple times, and he mentioned just wanted to be a normal guy. Well, that's what the offseason is for, right? To, to be a normal guy, to travel, to be with your friends and family. But if you're always rehabbing an injury in the offseason – you can't do that. I, I live that life. Even my wife, I told her about Andrew Luck and what happened. And she said to me the, the, the other night, she goes, I hated you because you kept getting hurt. <laughs> like, yeah. she, it, wasn't my, it wasn't my fault, obviously. But she was, I hate, like, we had a young son. You couldn't help out around the house. Like, I was resentful of you. And I think Andrew Luck kind of mentioned it. That, that's a big part of this decision that we kind of forget about because we only look at guys as football players. So, do you believe he'll ever come back? Because getting healthy, like, let's assume that he goes and he travels the world and his wife has a kid and, um, you know, he looked in the mirror and he's like, dude, I'm 30. It's not that old. Uh, maybe he has something else that he wants to pursue with a great passion, but he would have to face the fact that he's not a football player anymore and he still might simultaneously be, I think it's fair to say, even if he takes a year off, one of the 10 best in the world at what he does, and it's a rare talent to play quarterback. Do you think he'll be tempted to come back? Do you think he will ever come back? I was, I was leaning toward yes when this first happened, but the more I think about it, I think it's probably not going to happen. So, you know, a lot of us that play football, and I'm in this category, I think, as well, you know, don't, we don't consider ourselves only football players, right? I mean, there, now, there are a lot of guys who play football since they're five, all they know and they are about that life. And there's a bunch of us like me who I didn't play football until I was, six, until I was really until I was 15 years old. I love the game. I grew up loving the game. I still love the game. I love consuming it. But I never consider myself only a football player. I think Andrew Luck falls in that category where he considers himself. You know, he likes his, his interest outside of football. He's very bright, obviously. Uh, he loves to travel. He obviously has a book club. I mean, there's other things about him that he wants to explore outside of football. So he might get that competitive itch back eventually, but he might, he might channel that into an, an academic project and some other venture, uh, some business. Like he, might, he, you know, he might channel that competitiveness into something else that's not football. I just I don't see him coming back. I mean, I, th I think that's why the Colts gave him all that money um, to maybe entice him to come back. But also, because I think they knew they had to put him on, on injured reserve this year anyways, and they would have had to pay him a bunch of money. So they're like, well, either way, we, you know, we would have to pay you. So 
here's that money. Uh, I don't think he comes back, Clay. I really don't. Okay, like, let's go to Gronk, which we let off the show with today. And if people haven't heard the audio, Gronk, and I'm assuming you probably have heard the audio have, now. Yeah. Uh, Rob Gronkowski came out, and he's doing a advertisement for a cannabis company. Uh, not weed, but like cannabis oil, I believe. Yeah, uh, CBD, which, yeah. Yeah, CBD. Um, and, uh, and as part of that, he definitely kind of opened the door to the idea that he could potentially come back. Now, he's lost a lot of weight, as many NFL players do. He would have to bulk back up. He would have to get back in you know, peak football conditioning. But do you think, having seen those comments, that Gronk is done with football? Um, I'm glad, you know, Gronk was able to speak. I feel like we at times view Gronk as like this big meathead and he doesn't know what he's doing. He's a very bright man. He knows exactly kind of where he is in life. And, and you heard him talk yesterday. I was glad to hear him open up about the way his body was feeling. I think there's a possibility he does come back. Look, the, the, the weight loss thing is not a big concern, in my opinion. I mean, he could probably put on 20... 25 pounds, 30 pounds in six weeks if he, you know, if he really needed to, to play. And, and look, as it gets closer to maybe December and people start seeing photos of Gronk in November and he's bulked back up, that'll give you your answer right away, whether he's coming back or not. Um, I think, you know, I think that if, if the Patriots are playing really well, which I think they will, and there's a shot he can go back to Super Bowl, his body's feeling good, he'll do it. But here's the thing, too, I mean, if he's been smoking a bunch of weed, I know this is CBD, but <laughs> I don't think he's going to pass a drug test when he comes back. Yeah. Um, I thought about that immediately. I mean, the NFL is going to test him the first day he gets back. Um, and if he's been now, not all CBD has THC in it. I get that. But uh, if he's been doing other things, um, that, that might affect his decision as well. Uh, but I'm telling you, man, a lot of guys, and you can go through Twitter. I know Mark Schlereth put out a, I think a podcast talking about his you know last couple of years in the NFL. Another player, Rich Orenberger, put a long thread on Twitter about crawling to the bathtub in the morning to warm his body up because his back was so was so beat up. Um, a lot of us don't share those stories because no one really cares most of the time about our you know. I mean, we're not asking for sympathy, but a lot of guys struggle, and and Andrew Luck had the opportunity to retire because of kind of the, the leverage of his position in the Colts organization, knowing that he's made his money, that he can afford to give the money back, um, and that, you know, he was able to do this. And, and a lot of players don't have that opportunity. And we stick it out for a long period of time when we shouldn't. Uh, but And, that, and then that's why everyone commended Luck. It was like, hey, I wish I could have done that when, when, uh, when he did it, uh, but I had to keep playing. So uh, I'm happy for Luck. Uh, I'm happy for Gronk if they're in a better place. Uh, that's all that matters. Yesterday, Mark Slareth was on our show, and he said he knew that he was done when he was watching film, and it was snowy in Denver, and he was watching a guy, and he's like, man, that guy is not going to, you know, he's a practice squad guy. He's never going to really make uh, the roster. He just doesn't have what he needs to have, you know, based on watching him in practice. And then he started to zoom in, and he was like, wait a minute, that's me. Uh, and he said it was just like a shattering <laughs> moment for him uh, to recognize yeah. himself on film oh, yeah. and see what he was unable to do. And yep. and he was like, that's it. I just, I just don't have it anymore. Did you have a moment like that where you were just like suddenly you knew I don't have the ability to do this anymore? So I broke my leg two straight years. I actually broke it 364 days apart. So the second one wasn't as bad as the first one. Um, but – you know, toward the end, of, I had a couple games in 2015 where I couldn't feel my foot because I had a nerve problem. Um, and so you're just watching film, and you're like – and this is the worst three-game stretch of my life. I had four sacks in three games. It was, it was really bad. 
Um, and you watch yourself on film, and you're like, what, what are you doing, man? Because in, in the moment, in the game, you think to yourself, oh, my footwork was fine. It was my left leg. So my left leg was, you know, was coming with my body. I, there was some explosion off of it. And you watch film, and you're like, what are you doing? Because my leg just didn't work. And, and you're like, so on the film, it looked much different than how I pictured myself on the field during the play. And it's like, oh, now I see clips of myself that year. I'm like, oh, man, like it just – I stuck it out one more year. Um, then I, I didn't make the team in, in, out of Detroit, but I stuck around because I didn't want to leave the field on a cart, essentially, even though I, I broke my leg, I walked off. But um, I just didn't want to leave hurt, and I, I probably should have. So, Clay, there's a, you can get a, there's an injury, like, I don't know the right, the right wording for it, but there's like an injury settlement, like, clause built into the CBA where you get um, a percent of your contract for the following season up to like $1.1 million if you just basically fail a physical and you retire because of the failed physical. So my stupid butt wanted to try to play again for the minimum of like $600,000 in Detroit. I could have just failed, had the doctor fail my physical and I would have made 1.1 tax-free from the Giants to retire. And I was, that's so stupid of me. But I wanted to play, man. I thought I was, I was being a little arrogant. Um. Last question for you. We're talking to uh, Jeff Schwartz, uh, former NFL offensive lineman. This is not football-related. Have you heard the DeMarcus Cousins audio? Uh, no, but I saw your tweet about uh, you get to get yeah. your money back. All right, so <laughs> let's play. Do you have that, Danny G? Let's play the audio for Jeff Schwartz here because I know you're a Laker fan. I'm curious. I'm going to put you in the role of Jeannie Buss. So this is out. This is according to TMZ. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins wanted to take his kid to uh, his wedding, and his uh, his uh, the, the the mother of the seven year old who he obviously has a contentious relationship with. He calls her and asks for that, and then this is what it sounded like, according to her. Go shoot the ball. Go shoot the ball. No, he's not coming. I'm going to make sure I put a bullet in your effing head and they were at like a bounce house when she was uh, when she was talking with DeMarcus Cousins. What would you do if you were the Lakers knowing that Cousins is out presumably for the year? You were only paying him $3 million in change. What do you do if you're Jeannie Buss and this audio is in front of you and you have to make a decision about what to do with him? Did I miss the, the social media outrage about the NBA? Did I miss all that? Because I know if this is an NFL player, like it'd be calls for the NFL to like shut it, shut down its doors. Oh, it's fascinating. Bar the guy for a year. Like, did, did I miss all that? Did I, like, did, did that? Blow no, no, that's that's that? exactly how social media would okay. respond yeah. if, if this was. And I said, like, look, it's not like Demarcus Cousins is an anonymous NBA player. He's one of the forty or fifty best known players We're in the entire yeah. NBA. Correct. Okay, I, I, just, I thought I missed that for a second because if that was like a like a nondescript NFL player, there'd be calls to boycott the NFL for the entire season. Um, I uh, look with his injury um, and that audio, uh, you might just be like, "Hey, man, you want to stay away from the facility for a little bit." But again, look, a lot of decisions nowadays by teams are made off of social media backlash. We know this, right? Whether that's right or wrong. And no one's talking about this on the internet. The Lakers don't have to do anything. Like, I, I mean, I saw your tweet about it. I saw TMZ tweet about it. Like, that was it. No one, like, why would the Lakers do anything? No one cares. No one's talking about this. No one's making a big fuss about it. I'm not sure. I don't think people in L.A. too worried about the Dodgers right now and, and, and football happening. No, no, no why one, do you no think it is that 
that DeMarcus Cousins and the NBA can get a pass here, but I think you're correct that if this were an NFL team and a top, you know, 50 caliber NFL player, that everybody would be up in arms and it would be a huge story. Because uh, the NBA is looked at as the super progressive league that allows the players to do whatever they want. And the NFL is looked at like this, oh, this bad conservative league that the players are can't do anything they want and the players are bound by the owners and just it's just different looked at differently and and it's somewhere in the middle right of course as usual but it's just the way the nba is looked at and the nba is huge on social media right it's very popular on social media um and that's probably the the nba team accounts do a good job and the nba puts out good information and stuff and videos but yeah i mean it's just that's the way it's always going to be only it's ever going to change but i mean I, who's where's the outrage from the same people that you know that would that would call for the nfl player to never play football again that's a great question. I asked that question when we started this show and we brought up that audio, that there's a total difference in the way that NFL players are treated compared to really players from any other league uh, based on off-the-field off the uh, you know, nefarious and, and behavior. And then, by the way, and that is, last point, that's Goodell's fault, by the way, because if Goodell, and we talked about this many times, I've mentioned this on your show when Jason and I host, if Goodell did not want to be the crime and punishment commissioner, if he did not want to be the guy that stood up and demanded that there be a call to action, suspensions every time something happens, then the NFL wouldn't have this rap and it wouldn't get so much attention for every time a player. It's not every, it's like less than 1% of players in the NFL are, are, commit crimes or, or bad dudes or, or you'll have these allegations come up. But because there's been lawsuits and there's all this attention to a domestic violence policy that they don't follow and they have arbitrary punishments and all this other stuff, otherwise, it wouldn't be a thing, but Goodell made this his priority. He made this a thing, and he's made this mess. I agree. I agree completely with you. All right, good stuff. Jeff Schwartz, uh, we'll talk to you next week. This is OutKick. Be sure to catch live editions of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hope you guys are having fantastic Wednesday. It's hump day, as many of you are pointing out. Eddie uh, Garcia officially in a slump. I think it's fair to say that he's in a slump on his updates. We'll see whether he can bust out of the slump in this hour. But so far, just uh, really starting to fall apart a little bit. Um, two big stories that we are tracking as we roll through Wednesday. Rob Gronkowski broke his silence since retiring from the New England Patriots as a part of a cannabis oil spokesperson performance. He talked about the way that he felt when he left football and whether or not he might be ready to return this is what that audio sounded like. I love all my fans. I love Patriot fans. And wherever I go, Patriot fans always ask, am I coming back? When I'm coming back? Where am I coming back? I'm walking across the street and they're like, you're walking because you're coming back. <laughs> and I'm, it's crazy. I understand. I, I feel that love. But I want to be clear to my fans. I needed to recover. I was not in a good place. F- football was... T- bringing me down and I didn't like it and I was losing that joy in life like the joy I'm sorry right now but oh dang let me oh I really was and I was fighting through it yes I'm on the right path to where I am now and I got a lot farther to go and I feel great and I am pain-free but I truly believe I can get to another level with my body and I'm just in the stage first stage right now And when that time comes down in the future, if I have the desire to play football again, 
if I feel passionate about football again, if I'm feeling like I need to be out there on the field, I will go back to football. But as of right now, that is not the case. It could be the case in six months. It could be the case in two years. It could be the case in three years. It could be the case in three months. But I truly don't see it in the foreseeable future in like a week or a month. I could play right now if I wanted to play, hands down. Physically wise, I can do it. Mentally wise, desire wise, it's not there. My, my mind, my soul keeps telling me you need more time off. And when I feel like my body's top notch, my soul, my mind, mentally and physically, I'm ready, then I would go back to the NFL if, if I ever get to that point. I hear all this, and it makes me think that Rob Gronkowski is going to come back to the NFL. That's our poll question right now, by the way. 9,000 of you have voted in the first hour. 75% of you do not believe Rob Gronkowski will come out of retirement and play for the Patriots this year. I actually do. I think Gronk will come out of retirement this year. In hour one, Dub points out that the Patriots have a week 10 bye week right around November 10th. I think there's a good chance that's when Gronk decides to make his return to the NFL. But 75% of you disagree that Gronk is going to come back this year and play for the New England Patriots. You can go vote in that poll if you would like. At Clay Travis on Twitter is where you can track me down. Poll is right at the top of my page. All right? So that is one story that is out there. For those of you waking up on the West Coast, TMZ dropped pretty explosive audio featuring DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins obviously out for what appears to be the season signed by the Lakers, and he recently got married. He wanted his seven-year-old son to come to the wedding with him, and uh, his wife, or sorry, his, his baby mama, was not happy about that idea. She recorded him. They're at a bounce house. This is a phone call, according to TMZ, where DeMarcus Cousins threatens to shoot his baby's mom in the head uh, for not letting her their son come to the wedding. Here's what that sounds like. Again, she's in a bounce house. If you're a parent, you know what these things are, where you can go in, they got all these different trampolines inside, you can bounce all over the place. And so part of the way during the conversation, she's talking with what I presume is DeMarcus Cousins' son. This is the audio. Go shoot the ball. Go shoot the ball. No, he's not coming. All right, I'm going to make sure I put a bullet in your effing head. That is exactly how I ended my last conversation with Chad Withrow, who joins us now at Withrow Zone. He's going to be with us on Wednesdays now uh, because Joel Klatt is sliding into his Friday spot uh, for football season. So Joel will join us every Friday from wherever he's calling the Fox game of the week in the Big 12 or the uh, Big 10. But Chad Withrow joins us now. Withrow, what would you do if you were Jeannie Buss, the owner of the Lakers? You hear that audio. DeMarcus Cousins is already out for the season. To me, this is a clear case of problems outweighing talent. I would just go ahead and cut bait with DeMarcus Cousins and solve this issue in one fell swoop. Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, – look, if he were a healthy Kevin Durant, I, I think you probably weigh this a little bit differently uh, because of the talent. But you know, like you said, with the factors of him being you know, out for the season and everything else, probably best just to move on. 
it's it's so difficult when you get stories like this um, where you know you hear it or you see it. You know, the Titans drafted Jeffrey Simmons, and uh, he punched a woman in high school. Well, it's on video, and it just really adds to it when you actually add that layer of being able to experience it like that. Uh, not that it makes it any better if no one saw it or it's not on video, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Clay. I think they probably should just move on. All right, so I'm curious if you agree with me here. DeMarcus Cousins is probably one of the 40 or 50 most famous NFL, NBA players. Right. Uh, even though he's on the decline, I think it's fair to say, based on his recent injury history and in terms of his overall basketball ability, he's one of the 40 or 50 most recognized NBA players. I, if this were an NFL player, the story I feel like would be everywhere and immediately Roger Goodell would be under siege, the entire league would be under siege. This happens for DeMarcus Cousins. And I feel like there's a lot of collective shrugs of the shoulders. Do you agree that the NBA is getting a pass here compared to how the NFL would get treated for a similar audio? Yeah, but I think a lot of that, Clay, is just the fact the NFL is so much more popular. Um, And I think the NBA as a whole has done a better job than the NFL of handling situations like this. So they get a little bit more of a pass because they don't have the past poor track record that we've seen with Roger Goodell. Um, but, but I think that's the case with anything that's just not as popular. I mean, the NBA is not the NFL in this country, so it's not going to be covered the same way. I, I think that's it more than anything else. All right, so let's go into football. Obviously, college football starts this weekend, the NFL preseason week four. But I still, I feel like the Andrew Luck retirement is sort of the story that's hanging over everything. Where were you when you saw this news, and what was your immediate reaction when you saw Andrew Luck's decision to retire? I was um, sitting at home watching uh, Florida and Miami, like a lot of football fans, desperately starved for football. Yep. I was watching that atrocious game. Uh, it, was the, it was the worst I felt, by the way, watching a game that was really close, just because of the poor play on both sides. But anyways, I was watching that game, and I looked down, and I saw the Adam Schefter tweet. And, Clay, I did probably what almost everyone else did. I bet sure it wasn't the fake Adam Schefter yeah. that has tricked people before in the past because – I think I saw a radio station retweet Adam Schefter, and I think, boy, I bet someone made the mistake of retweeting the fake Adam Schefter. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, you know, you, you look at it, and you almost have to read it four or five times before you let it sink in that it's true. Um, what a crazy sequence. And then, you know, I'm watching SportsCenter and, and clicking over to different news shows to watch, and then you see the reaction of Colts fans live as he's on the sideline. Uh, it was, I mean, it, one of the craziest stories we've witnessed in a while in sports so what's the fallout there for the AFC South so you've got the Colts who have moved from prohibitive favorites I mean they were 50-50 money favorites to now being the biggest underdog in the division the Texans can they protect Deshaun Watson Jacksonville Jaguars how will Nick Foles come in can they fix what seems to be pretty clear team chemistry and dissension related issues for the Titans can Marcus Mariota stay healthy uh, what's going to happen here? Who would you make the favorite in your mind in the AFC South now? Clay, I think that the Titans should be the favorite. I think the way the Titans have been built, uh, you, you know, the, the the part of the process that we're in now with John Robinson at the helm of the Titans, Marcus Mariota in year five, this is the best offense, these are the most weapons he's had on offense. The defense should be really good. The Titans should win this division. But having said that, if I had to put betting favorites on it, it's the Texans. Because I believe in Deshaun Watson more than I believe in Marcus Mariota. And if it starts with the quarterback, and I, I agree with you. I mean, Andrew Luck 
not being there for the Colts completely changes their fortunes. Uh, suddenly every team in the, in the AFC South is thinking, boy, that's two games that, that they should win against the Colts with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. Um, so I, I think the Titans should be the team to beat. I think, though, that it will be the Texans because I, I give an edge to Deshaun Watson at quarterback. All right, college football week zero, pro or con, I loved it. I think that the decision to extend the college football season, which is the shortest season of all the major sports, is genius. Maybe you don't play a game in Orlando where it's going to be like 174 degrees uh, no matter what time you play that game uh, between Florida and Miami, but playing kickoff-style games a week early, this week zero concept, which in theory debuted for the 150th anniversary of college football. I love it. I love the idea. What about you? I love it, and I especially love it if I'm one of the two teams playing in that game. When you get that type of spotlight, I mean, what a what a great – now the, the quality of play wasn't great, but what a great commercial for both Florida and Miami football. I mean, think about the whole week leading up to that. You had college game day. You had pregame shows there. You had everyone talking about it. I'm sure you were talking about that game, but that's a great – hype train for two individual programs going into that game and yeah I, I think it was great I think you give a little bit of an appetizer to the full feast that's coming this weekend and uh, I, I, I found it I, look it was something where normally Clay I would not be scheduling time to be in front of a television at a certain time on a Saturday evening where all week I was thinking I've got to be at a TV right at six o'clock when this game kicks off because I'm not missing this college football game and I think that that's what college football created with that game. And I, I, I'm anxious to see how this goes moving forward and the different programs they pick because I really think it's a great thing for those programs to get to play in that Week Zero game. My takeaway from the Florida-Miami game was that Felipe Franks is not substantially better than he has been before. That while Dan Mullen might hope and the deepest, uh, you know, uh, deepest and, and, and most fervent belief that he can turn Felipe Franks into a version of Tim Tebow or Dak Prescott, that this guy is really not very similar to either of those quarterbacks with the exception of being when he gets into a first and goal type situation, you can run him a couple of different times and it's almost impossible to keep him out of the end zone. Uh, but outside of that, I don't like his decision making. I don't like his persona on the field. I don't like his leadership. I mean, I'm just not a believer in Felipe Franks, and I think that's what I emerged with more so than anything else as a takeaway from that opening game for both Florida and Miami. Clay, I completely agree. And, I, I mean, I'll take it a step further. I, I Not only am I not a believer, I, I am a believer that this guy's not any good. Yeah. And, and I think that his temperament and the way he – I mean, just going and talking trash on the sideline. I mean, things that the, the announcing team was having to go back and forth to them. This is just odd behavior. Um, the interception, by the way, the Steve Spurrier face. Oh, great thing the interception ever. Was, yes. was so great. Um, but, yeah, just the whole thing to me was just extremely strange. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I walked away from that game thinking coming into the season because Dan Mullen may be the best quarterback coach as a head coach in college football. And I'm thinking, man, what he did with Felipe Franks a year ago and He's only going to get better. And Florida's defense is great, and Florida's going to be really good. And then I, I watch that game, and I leave it thinking, yeah, I don't think Florida's going to be as good as we maybe thought. And a lot of that has to do with Felipe Franks, and I, I was not impressed at all with the 
the entire performance, both in the game and around the game on Saturday night. All right, so we've got college football kicking off uh, this weekend officially, although we had week zero last weekend. I think the most important and, uh, and, and interesting game of college football opening weekend is Auburn going up against Oregon because there are so many different storylines. The Pac-12 needs to establish that it is, in fact, a big five major conference. And in order to do that, they need to get a big out-of-conference win, signature level. Gus Malzahn is already under fire. The way that he finished last year, uh, everything about his performance and his team's performance last season is uh, in the in, in, in the total realm of doubt in terms of his future at Auburn. He needs a win. They're breaking in a brand new true freshman quarterback in Bo Nix. I think by far this is the biggest uh, biggest game of opening weekend. You buying or selling that idea? I'm buying. It's the biggest game of opening weekend for all the reasons you just said. I think the storylines are, are immense with that game. But in terms of the Pac-12, I am interested in this. The idea of the 9 a.m. game on the West Coast to get more television eyeballs, are you for or against that, Clay, if you're the Pac-12, if you've got all these issues? around your conference I was reading uh yesterday I think it was Dennis Dodd I think and I might be wrong in who wrote the article but over half of the Pac-12 schools have endorsed this idea of being in the 9 a.m. kickoff and I'm glad you brought that up because it's really kind of an intriguing story I was reading in the sports business journal uh Fox has decided that the period of day that they can win on Saturday is noon eastern so they are debuting this brand-new college football pregame show with Rob Stone, Matt Leiner, Brady Quinn, Urban Meyer, and Reggie Bush. And they're going to be on every day at 11 Eastern. And then their best game every week is going to be kicking off at noon. And it's interesting because a lot of people think of college football as being primetime, a sport that you want to play at night. But Fox's data reflects that the biggest audiences for them are actually at noon, and even the biggest audiences that they produced by and large last year in college football is that noon Eastern window. So I can understand, like, for instance, a Colorado saying, oh, yeah, we're totally in favor. That's 10 a.m. It's early, but it's not super early because they're on the mountain time zone. But I think a lot of these big uh, Pac-12 schools are desperate for attention, and I don't think it makes sense for the television uh, – for sorry, for the uh, – fans is showing up right that sucks to have to show up for a 9 a.m in-person game but I think for television in terms of the millions of viewers you're going to get it makes a lot more sense for the Pac-12 well and here's why I'm interested in this decision Clay it's for everything you just said but just a simple decision of we want to take eyeballs and more television money and we're going to screw over our own fans in the process because that's what you're doing I mean no one and Mike Leach talked about it who is in favor of going to a 9 a.m. game. Players, fans, anyone. Like, no one in the Pac-12 wants that. It's strictly a money television decision. So, I think it's a good business decision for them to do it, but I'm, I'm intrigued to see how it all goes down simply because by doing it, you're basically saying, we don't care as much about our fans. The fans can suffer through this. We're doing this for television audience on the East Coast. So they can watch a game. Yeah, it's interesting because my argument is that ultimately college football and all sports that rely on big audiences are living in a backward world because the the era of a hundred thousand seat stadium might have made sense when we were kids, and I think it did. 
and I think it made sense certainly in the radio era, and I even think it made sense in a pre-HD every game is on era of college football. But there are so many weekends now where I think, hey, do I want to go to a game? I'll give you an example. Vanderbilt is playing uh, Georgia here in Nashville this weekend. Georgia's a big national title contending team. It's not very far from my house. It's an evening kickoff. The weather looks like it's going to be pretty awesome. I went to Vanderbilt University. I'm an alum. But I'm sitting around right now thinking, do I want to get in my car and drive down to you know park, take my kids, get them unloaded, get them in the stadium, have to get them to the bathroom, have to go buy hot dogs and pizza and everything else, turn around, drive all the way back, or – Do I want to stay home and watch Oregon play against Auburn in addition to whatever other good games might be going on that evening? I'm probably, I don't know what decision I'm going to make, but 20 years ago, I think it would have been an easy decision because I wouldn't have had the same uh, ability to watch as many different games in HD television. Nowadays, I'm sure you make this decision a lot of times too. I'd rather watch more games at home than one game in person. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you have the chance to sit there and watch every game, you want to sit there and watch every game. And I think the attendance issue is one that it's probably a broader topic, but we the coaches want fans in the stands, right? Yes. Like, if you're looking at it from a program perspective, you want the fans there. Um, you're taking away the ability for that to happen with this decision, so there's going to be some pushback from the coaches. I mean, look, from a fan's perspective, I get it. Like we want to sit there. We want to watch a Pac-12 game at 11 a.m., let's say, or, or noon. Um, because if we have the chance to do it, the more the merrier. But for these programs that are trying to create an environment, they're trying to make sure students are at the game, they're trying to make sure fans that travel in can get there in time, the best possible atmosphere, because the best possible atmosphere contributes to their chance of winning a football game, they're not going to be for this idea. So I think just it, this is, a, to me, a very hard-line thing. You are going to take the money for the television exposure, and screw over your fans and your individual programs, or you're not. And I think that's a challenging thing right now for the Pac-12 because it's a conference that needs the money and needs the exposure because they're really struggling. Yeah, I think the thing that would be factored in here, and it's not going to happen this year, by the way, but they're talking about it next year uh, and potentially talking about it next year for a major intersectional game. I think Oregon plays Ohio State or Washington plays Ohio State. There's a couple of big Pac-12, Big Ten games to start off the year next year, and I don't have those uh, that list in front of me. Maybe Michigan and Ohio State both play West Coast teams, I think, next year, uh, meaning 2020. I think it would be a one-time thing, right? I think like if you're USC and you do it, you'd be like, okay, we're only going to do this once uh, on, our, on our calendar. So it's not as if they would do it every week. But I am intrigued by the idea – of making college football that noon kickoff a bigger event because we talk a lot about the audience that watches Sunday night football on NBC on uh, the NFL but the audience that watches the double header game the one that's on either CBS or Fox is oftentimes bigger than the audience that watches at night so that window of early afternoon and certainly the CBS SEC game of the week has turned into uh, just an absolute monster. I think that there's probably an underrated element of the audience that's out there in the earlier part of the day that wants to watch college football at noon and then at 3.30 Eastern 
uh, that's probably being underrated a lot because it is sometimes frustrating in college football when you have three or four big games all get held like Notre Dame's playing, you got the ABC game, you got a big game on ESPN, you got a big game on Fox, and they're all competing simultaneously against each other. I think this could be a smart strategic move in getting a really good game on at noon. Yeah, and, and, and think about it this way, Clay. First week in a college football, where are people most likely to be sitting right in front of their television? At 11 a.m. or at 7 p.m.? Yeah. On a Saturday night. Everyone is going to be sitting there watching games kick off at 11 a.m. this Saturday. And there's probably a lot of people who have plans at night. They're going to go out. They're going to go to dinner. Maybe they're going to a game like you're considering. But eyeballs are going to be there at 11 a.m. for kickoff of college football. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, no, no doubt at all. Withrow, appreciate you coming on with us uh, on Wednesday. And by the way, congrats on the new baby. How's that going? Thank you so much. It's going well. Uh, I've got my mother-in-law in town, and she's uh, helping with the baby. So I'm sleeping like a dream. Awesome. It's amazing for me right now. Keep it up. That's Chad Withrow at Withrow Zone. Just had his uh, second daughter uh, in the last uh, week or so, I believe. Uh, the, I am Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.